0: Welcome to the Journey Women Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Bielas. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women Podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. Today, we're chatting with Mary Cassian about knowing God by name. So, you'll know her a little better. Mary A. Cassian is an award winning author and Bible teacher who speaks to women around the world about living out their faith, especially about what it means to be a woman according to God's design. She's published several books and Bible studies, including one that we're going to be chatting about today on the various names for God that we find in Scripture. Mary, welcome to the Journey Women podcast. Thanks so much. Great to be with you. We got to meet face-to-face just before COVID hit, and I'm so grateful for that time. And Mm. it's a joy to get to learn from you. It was so wonderful to get to sit next to you and I am super excited for the gift of getting to chat a little bit more extensively today.
1: Well, I'm excited to be with you. Uh, It's always fun to get together with sisters, and especially during this COVID time when we're so far apart physically, it's just really nice to connect, at least in some fashion. Well,
0: Mary, you've basically spent your life seeking to know God. I would love for the listeners to get to hear more about who you are and what you do, but you write Bible studies, you speak, you teach, you have a wonderful family and lots of other fun hobbies, but what would you like for them to know about who you are?
1: Well, it depends if you want like a fun thing or a serious thing. A fun thing is that I am the Renault queen. So, I mean, if I had a choice of what I could do, it would be like to record one of those TV shows where you go in like a fixer upper. Yes. So I would love doing that.
0: That sounds fabulous. I love that you said one of your favorite things is demo day. I do think that that would actually enable me to take out a lot of stress. (laughs)
1: It's great. (laughs) Nothing like a sledgehammer and a crowbar, let me tell you.
0: (laughs) On a serious note, you have a wonderful study called Knowing God by Name. Mm -hmm. And as we were brainstorming this series, thinking about how we can know and love God more, this is a topic that really interests me. I feel like I have only scratched the surface of how it is that God reveals himself to us through his word using various names for himself. So in the Bible names were really significant. I actually had the opportunity to go to Israel and we talked a lot about how names were kind of like determining destiny in mm-hmm. Israeli culture. For example, like Moses means mm-hmm. to draw out of the water and if you know the story of Moses, you know that's a significant part of Moses's story. And Abraham, the father of our faith, means father of a multitude and Hannah means grace. So can you kind of talk about that? Like, why are names so
1: important, particularly in Scripture? Everyone will have noticed that the very first thing you want to know about a person Is their name very, very first thing? Like, what's your name? Like, that's the very first thing. So, your name, Hunter, is there a history to your name? (laughs) This is such a good question for someone (laughs) named Hunter because I get that all
0: the time. As soon as people meet me, they're like, Is that your first name? Like, why'd your parents choose that? And I'm like, Well, Hunter was actually the name of one of my mom's students when she was a music teacher at a high school. And I believe it was her nickname, but there are more Hunters out there that are female than you would expect. So. Well, there you
1: go. Well, my name is actually, I come from a German background. My name is actually Mari Anne. It's actually, I'm named after both of my grandmothers. So oh. I, I bear my my maternal grandmother and my paternal grandmother mother i bear, those are my names so but yeah a name is really really important because a, a name is a person's identity and in scripture in hebrew i'm glad you mentioned that that when you went to israel because because in hebrew the word for name means sign or distinctive mark and in greek it's derived from a verb that means to know so a name a name is a sign by which someone is known. But it's much more than a label. Um, in ancient times, a person's name always depicted something important about that person's identity, about that person's character or life. So as you said, Moses means drawn out of water. He was drawn out of water water. That was like part of his life history story. And that was reflected in his name. So in the Bible, the name always reveals the true nature of its bearer. So there's a kind of an ancient belief that your nature corresponds to your name. Just think of Jacob. Esau said of Jacob, is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has deceived me these two times. Jacob's name was, he grasps the heel. He was a twin and he came out and he was holding on to his brother's heel, mm-hmm. but he grasps the heel was kind of an idiom in that time for saying he's a deceiver. And so, you know, he actually grew into his name that he became what his name was, even though it was kind of like a cute name at birth. He actually lived up to his name. So really interesting how the Bible uses names. And basically, if you know a person's name, you know something about that person or you know that person. And that's in Psalm chapter nine, verse 10. It says, those who know your name, talking of our heavenly father, put their trust in you. Because if you, you know the name, you know the person. And the act of naming itself was really, really significant. And that was actually the very first thing that God did. After he created humanity in Genesis, Genesis chapter five, verses one and two, when God created man, he made him in the likeness of God, male and female, he created them and he blessed them. And here's the part. And he named them man when they were created. So God did the naming right off of the get go of his creation. And he gave us names. And then he told Adam, Adam had the responsibility to name the animals. And you see this naming the authority and the responsibility and the significance of it throughout scripture. For instance, Abraham was renamed by God, Abraham. Mm-hmm. Adam named his wife, Eve, mother of all living. And we're told when Jesus, was his birth was foretold, it was said, in fact, his name was specified. You can't just name this son of God anything you want. His name shall be called Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. That's what uh, Mary was told. So a name is really important because your name and who you are, your name and your identity, biblically, the perspective on that is that is one and the same thing. Who you are and your name, exactly the same thing.
0: You know, I think one of the things that's interesting that we lose in the translation of the Bible, is that there are many names for God himself. And correct me if I'm wrong, I'm just speaking off the cuff. Like, the only way that we know uh, the differentiation is, I guess, if it's translated directly, or if the little L-O-R-D shows up in our Bible, and we know that that's the translation
1: for I am, for the Hebrew name for God, Yahweh, correct? Mm -hmm. That is correct. And there are so many names of God in the Bible. And sometimes we just think that it's a description of God as we're reading, because as you say, sometimes the nuance is lost in our English translations. But there are lots of actual names of God in the Bible. And I just think of the one where God was named the one who sees. He is the one who sees me. That's that's his name. He is the God who sees. And that was a name that was recognized, that name of God. And when we read it in the passage, we go, oh, he's the God who sees. And we're thinking that that describes his function, but it actually is a proper name of God. And I think that knowing God by name is really important. This is actually, I, I wrote this Bible study, and I need to tell you, Hunter, this was the most profoundly impactful study I have ever done in my life in terms of just from a writing perspective. I believe that. I've written lots of books. I've written lots of Bible studies, lots of things on lots of topics. But knowing God through his names yes. was just deeply, deeply impactful. You know, this hasn't been my best seller (laughs) by any stretch of the imagination. And yet for myself personally, Mm -hmm. it just struck me because it was just, you know what, once we know him by his names, it really takes care of a lot of other things that we're struggling with. And there are hundreds of them. There are hundreds of names of God in the Bible that we can dig into and explore and I think it's important to pay attention to this because name is important. And when we know him by name, we know him for who he is, his character and his nature, because that's what a name tells us about someone.
0: I love that you mentioned that and that the Lord used this study and just digging deeper into the names that he has offered to us through Scripture just drew you to Him and how it helped you to know Him more. What does it say about God that He would actually tell us His name?
1: Well, it's an interesting story how actually He revealed His very personal name, the one you mentioned, Yahweh, because prior to Moses in the burning bush, Mm -hmm. that name was really unknown. I was
0: so curious about that. Yeah, yeah.
1: He was only known as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Interesting. And, yeah, and what's really interesting is Moses, the one that God revealed his name to, and that was in the burning bush when Moses was being called or given the assignment to go and free God's people from Egypt. Now, Moses had grown up in Egypt. There were lots of gods in Egypt, and each of these gods had their own power and their own realm. You know, there was Ra, the god of the sun, Anubis, god of the dead, Hathor, goddess of, of love and joy, so tons of gods and goddesses, mm. and each of them had a name When God spoke to Moses from the burning bush, and each of those names kind of told you about who that God was, right? So the first thing that Moses wanted to know was, okay, I'll go back to the people. What do I tell them? Who is it that's telling me to go free them? Which God is it? And that's when God revealed his most sacred, holy, personal name, I am that I am, Yahweh, to Moses. And What it says about God, that he would tell us his name, is that he wants us to know him for who he is, Mm. and that he wants us to enter into an intimacy with him and a personal relationship with him so that we actually grasp who it is who is this Yahweh God. That name blew Moses out of the water, because we'll talk about that, I think, in a few minutes, you know, that that actually what that means, that name Yahweh, I am that I am, because it was so much bigger than, oh, he's more than the God of the sun, he's more than God of the dead, you know, he's more than a God of love or a God of joy, he's beyond everything that we can imagine and think about him. And so we have his intimate personal name, and then we have all the other names that kind of fill in all the color and variety and details of who God is. And it is absolutely astonishing when we, we walk through the Bible and we pick out the names of God. It's actually overwhelming to think that he is all that and more. Mm,
0: I know my eyes are tearing up. I mean, I'm thinking about my friends here who are Israeli, and I've talked about them on the show before. And we've had this conversation about Yahweh. And even as you're talking about just names for God, I feel there is a reverence in the way in which I hope mm. we carry this conversation. Why is it important that we speak of God with
1: reverence, no matter which name we use for Him? Well, that's an important point that you bring up. But When I was in Israel and uh, was up Masada, and uh-huh. There was there was actually a scribe working on transcribing the Bible by hand, you know, word by word. That's such a task. Oh, I'm learning here right now, and it... I'm
0: like, okay, I'm learning my alphabet. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you're you're correct in saying that that the Jews regard God's name as so holy that they will not even audibly speak it. Mm-hmm. They don't call God Yahweh. They don't, they won't say that. They will call him Hashem which actually means the name. So they call God the name when the great Hashem, the name, and what they're saying is God, but they they know that his personal name is so holy that they will not even speak it. Psalm 29 verse 2 says, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name, because his name is glorious. His name is wonderful. His name is holiness. And whenever you use a name, when you're appealing to a name, you're appealing to the authority and the nature of that person. So you probably heard that people used to come, oh, I'm coming in the name of the king. So they're talking about the authority, the nature of that person. And so whenever we appeal to God's name, it's very important that we treat it with the reverence and respect that it is due because he is our holy God. And that's, I think, why one of the great commandments is do not take his name in vain. Don't even speak it in a way that would dishonor his character and his nature because it is so holy, so precious, So incredible, so glorious. And I think that the Hebrews got that right. The Jews got that right. So when I was watching this scribe transcribe the Bible, what they do when they are about to write the most holy name of God, they don't even, they just write it partially. They won't even write it. They'll write Adonai or they'll write something that is the name Hashem. What they will do is they will take a brand new quill, brand new. That has never ever been used to write any other word. They will write the name of God with that quill and then they will break the quill and never use it to write. Another word that would be because it God's name is so 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 holy, and they go through a whole purification even before they write, would take that quill, they would cleanse their hands, and they would have this cleanliness ritual that they go through because they viewed God's name as so so holy.
0: That is absolutely incredible. I had no idea. So, as we move into a conversation about. God's personal name, Yahweh, I just want to come from that place of humility and reverence and awe. And I'd love to hear from you a little bit more about that. What is the significance of God's personal name?
1: The name that God revealed to Moses in the burning bush, and the name that we see throughout scripture, whenever we come across capital L-O-R-D, uh-huh. is the name Yahweh. Yahweh. And that's God's personal name. And that is incredible name. Uh, God said to Moses, I am that I am Yahweh. So Yahweh that I am Yahweh. I am that I am. And Yahweh means actually I am. So that's actually the meaning of the word. It's related to the word that means to exist or to be. And it's the same root as the words I was I am, I will be. So it ties all that together into that name, Yahweh. So this name, Yahweh, indicated to Moses that the deity that was speaking to Moses was different from all the other gods. He wasn't sort of the god of the realm of this little small thing or this little small thing or you know this little part of human life. He was the god of all and he didn't have a human name he had a divine name so the name actually i am that i am indicates that god is self-existent so he wasn't created nobody created god he's self-sufficient he doesn't depend on anything he is he is all contained in himself he doesn't need us he's god is self-sufficient he's self directed. He's free to do as he pleases. He's eternal. He has lived and he will live. He was, he is, he will be, he is forever. And he's consistent. He is who he is and he's true and unchanging. So there's so much truth packed into that name, Yahweh. In fact, that name, I am seen as so holy and so powerful that that and so incredible for the Jews that that's why they put Jesus to death because Jesus said for Abraham was I am so he identified himself with that personal name of God I am and that's why mm-hmm. they that's why they crucified him
0: wow that is so helpful and if you think about the story of the exodus and Moses going into Egypt and the Lord just being like boom here I am boom here I am boom just over each one of those Egyptian gods, just proving his power by all of the plagues and all of that. I just want to sit in here and just be like, oh, 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 he's got it. This is so great. I'd also love to hear more. Of God's other names? I know we don't have very much time, and there are so many. Like you said, mm. there's hundreds. So, are there some helpful categories that we should consider as we think about all of these names for God that we find in scripture?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I took all the names of God, kind of laid them out on the floor, so to speak, and put them into categories that I thought uh, made sense. And the name Yahweh is is one that really falls into the category of names of deity. They're, they're names of God that no one. Those are just names that identify that he is God, that he is in a totally different category than humanity. So there's there's names like Adonai and Elohim. Those are names that would fall into that kind of uh, names of deity category. I think a lot of people know that Adonai means like, is that like a fatherly? Adonai actually means master, Lord, master. Mm. So that's actually, uh, I am in a lower position than you. So Adonai is a term of respect for a master. Elohim actually means, El means God. Elohim is just makes it almost God, 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 God. It kind of amplifies that. Ohim oh, is the amplifier of the El, which is God. And it just means that this is a a mighty and a strong and a prominent, this is God, 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 uh, is what Elohim means.
0: I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but can you think of a passage where Elohim is, we might find that?
1: Elohim, for the Lord your God is the God of gods, Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, the awesome God. That's Deuteronomy 10, 17. Yeah, he is God of gods. He's Elohim of the L he is actually god 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 that is a name of deity so that's that's a primary category that's you know god's major names fall into that category of names of deity and then we have names of character and you'll recognize some of these that he's holy god he's merciful and gracious God. That's his name. He's faithful and true. He's excellent in wisdom. So those are names of character. It actually describes God's character to us that we can learn more about who he is. He's holy, holy, holy. Not only is that his characteristic, that is actually his name. He is holy God. And then there are names of power. So he is Lord creator. He's the mighty power. He's the God who works wonders. And one of our, my favorites, and of course, living in a broken world where there's lots of sickness and pain and death, one of the favorites of a lot of people is Yahweh Rophe, which is Lord Healer. He has the power to heal. He has the power to make whole. He has the power to bring wholeness where there's brokenness and health where there's sickness. Names of authority are another one where he's king of king and lord of lords. He is the king of ages. He's the king of the nations. He's righteous judge. So those kind of names recognize the authority that God has to rule and to bring direction into our lives and the authority that he has over us. There are names that I call names of splendor, which just are names that revel in his beauty. So he's the God of glory. He is majestic glory. That's one of Mm. his names. God, you're majestic glory. You're the great and awesome God. That's also a name. Great and awesome God. You're the everlasting light of everything about you, God, is, is so beautiful. They're names that just extol God's splendor and reveal to us the beauty of who God is. And then there are names of intimacy, which are really names of how personal God is to us. Jesus was also given the same names, actually, he has all the same names as God, but one of them is Emmanuel, hmm. and that L is God, and Emmanuel means God with us. So hmm. God is with me. And that's also the very personal name that God is Abba. He's He's Father. He's Avi. He's very intimate to us. He's the God who sees me. That was experienced as very real. We talked about that name already. El Roy, God who sees me. He is the God who pursues us in terms of an intimate relationship. And, you know, those names are so different than all the other gods that are just powerful, or just amazing, or uh, this flushes out the name that God is not only that, he is also, he is the God who's transcendent, above all, bigger, bigger than we can even imagine. But mm-hmm. he's also the God who is imminent, which is just, he is so with us and personal, and that we can know him intimately. Names of sufficiency is another category. He's my rock. He's my shepherd. He's my portion. Here's one that I love. One of the names of God is God, my exceeding joy. Isn't that beautiful? Ooh, what's that one? Uh, we'll see if I can say it here. El Simshat Gili. I may have butchered the Hebrew on that, but hey, just blame my German on that. (laughs) (laughs) But isn't that beautiful? God, my exceeding joy that he's all sufficient. He does it all. He's my redeemer. He's my rock. He's my shepherd. All those, my. Oh, and another one I love in that category is my portion, Mm. that he's enough. He's everything I need. Mm. Portion means that God is what will fill you. He's absolutely sufficient. God is everything. He is all in all. He is all sufficient. He is everything that we could ever hope or imagine. And even more than that.
0: I am completely putting you on the spot so we can cut this out if you are not comfortable with answering this question, because I feel like it's a really big question, Mary. But. I'm thinking about, like, certain familiar passages in the Old Testament that some of us might have a familiarity with. Do you have any passages that maybe you could tell us, like, this is the particular name that's used in this instance? So, for example, we've been talking a lot about the Exodus. Like, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Mm -hmm. Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. And I'm thinking— huh, I wonder what name for God is used there. Um, Do you have any passages that are like that, where you might be able to help us just kind of get a grasp for where we might see these in Scripture?
1: Well, the name Yahweh is is one that we have identified in Scripture for us. You know, it's all caps, L-O-R-D. Whenever you see all caps, L-O-R-D, that usually indicates the personal name of God, Yahweh. When you see L-O-R-D, that's not all in caps, that's usually Adonai, which is my master, my Lord. So whenever you're you're reading Lord throughout Scripture, you can think, okay, well, that's Adonai. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you see capital L-O-R-D, you'll say, well, that is the name of God that is Yahweh, that is God's personal name. So that is You know, one easy way that you can um, differentiate things whenever you spot little bits and pieces like in other people's names or even in uh, when you think of the word hallelujah, the final syllable. What's the final syllable there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's God. So that's God's name. So hallelujah is praise ye God. That's mm-hmm. what hallelujah means, right? So so there are little bits and pieces that you can pick up in the English. And often when, when the proper name of God is there, it is something that you read and where he is extolled as something. So yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty in your hand is power and might in your hand is to make great and to give strength to all, we can't see in that verse that there's actually a personal name of God contained in that, which is God mighty power. That's actually one of the, the fun things about even just going to a like a version of the Bible where you have the English and then you have... Kind of the Hebrew transliteration or the Greek under yeah. underneath is that you can pick out some of those things a little bit more easily because sometimes they are really hard to spot. Yeah, I'm in the
0: beginning of learning Hebrew, and I was like, "Oh, why do all the letters look the same?" Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's exactly. Really intense, but
0: I agree; those helps are just absolutely wonderful, and I would encourage people to um, check those out. You know. I think your study is also a fantastic way for people just to get a better grasp. It's so approachable and it's something that will really give them like the ability to be able to come to know God better. How does knowing more about God and his names, just God in general, how does
1: that point us to his son, Jesus? Well, it points us to his son, Jesus, because every name, and this is so fascinating, every name that we see, Of God the Father, we see replicated of His Son. I think of that great passage, Isaiah 9-6, that Christmas passage that is a prophecy about the coming Messiah. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulder. Do you remember the next phrase? His name, yeah, his name shall be called Wonderful, wow. Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Wow. So yeah, his name, that's, wow. his, that's his name. And we're told in the New Testament, Hebrews 1, 3, that, that Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint, exact imprint of his nature. Wow. Here's another thing you kind of miss out. John 14, 6, Jesus says, Something about the way, the truth, the life. What does he say? I am the way. I am. I am. am. Ah. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is using the name of God. I am. And he has these I am statements throughout. We see those throughout the Gospels. Yes. And in John 14, where where he's explaining to his di- disciples, you know what? If you see me, you've seen my father because You see me, you see him. We're the same, same, same name, same nature, same character. And, And as I said before, that whole I am is the reason that Jesus was crucified. You know, when he said I before Abraham was, I am. That's what that's what threw the Jews over the brink because they knew in using that name, he was claiming that his identity, he was claiming a oneness with God, that he, in fact, was God. So, you know, whenever we're studying the names of God, those are names that those things are true of Jesus. And whenever we're seeing what Jesus was like, those things are true of his father. So, the, the, the whole I am and all the names of God are so intertwined so beautifully. Mm. In the Old Testament and in the New Testament, and it's almost like a mirror reflection of the nature and character of God that we see in the Old Testament through the names of God that were revealed there, and in the New Testament through who we see Jesus to be.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. I love it. You know, I think so often we hear pushbacks to really wanting to study theology, like, hey, you know, study, you shouldn't just study theology. You need to put your theology into practice. You need to be focusing on what you ought to do. But talking about God's name already, even just sitting in this little sound booth, I feel compelled to be different. I know.
1: (laughs) should studying the names of God produce in us, what should it compel us to, Mary? Well, I know that when I studied just the names of God, even just in writing this Bible study, when I took a look and dug into the names of God, I was just overwhelmed. I was just overwhelmed with who he was, overwhelmed with gratitude, overwhelmed with a desire to be who God wants me to be. Overwhelmed with a desire to put away sin and to pursue holiness. And so there's something in our culture we're so self-help, self-help. I, I have this problem. I have this problem. You know, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with this. What I would say is, you know what? Often, when we stop looking at ourselves and we, when we just look at God, it takes care of a lot of our problems
0: Got a retweet
1: <laughs> when when we truly see who God is, yes. It actually addresses a lot of the issues that we have in our lives because He is the answer to every question. Mm.
0: I just have to put a plug in here. I mean, Mary, you know a little bit about the Ministry of Journey Women. We've been going at this thing for a little bit more than three years, and we did a lot of felt needs originally. That was kind of where we started. And then I just felt the Lord completely reorienting me and helping us see there is no better place for us to point women than to God himself, which is why this whole entire year, 2021, we are just unpacking what it means for us to know and love God more. And really, instead of talking about these kind of tertiary issues that we're dealing with, like how can we rest more different things like that, that I think we've done a good job pointing women to God as we discuss, we're like, let's just cut to the chase. We, mm-hmm. nobody's, I think if anybody, if we learned anything through 2020, we're like, we just got to cut the chaff and we're going to go straight to the source of where we are going to find all things good. And so this has been such A helpful and an encouraging and edifying conversation for me personally. I am so excited. We're going to show the study on socials and stuff like that later this week so that if women want to check it out for themselves, they can do that. But obviously, I recommend uh, Knowing God by Name Mary's study if people want to dive into this specific type of study more. But what's another practical step for listeners who just want to grow in their understanding of who God is? If
1: you're someone who journals as you read scripture, or even if you're someone who, who you know, highlights or underlines, I think that it's very helpful just to understand who God is through his names. And so, you know, you might want to set aside a page in your journal, just yeah. names of God. And then every time you come across a name of God or a characteristic of God that you think might be a name, so God is my shepherd, God is my hope, God is my light, and just fill up that whole page. You probably need several, actually. Fill up the whole page on just who is God and what is his name and how can I worship him in the splendor and the glory and the holiness of his name.
0: Mm -hmm what a helpful hermeneutical tool. Uh, We talk a lot about that, wanting to approach the text, seeking to learn more about God before we Mm -hmm. seek to apply it to ourselves. So thank you so much for that. Certainly one of my three simple joys is studying God's words, sitting down with my colored pencils. I would love to hear what are three of your simple joys when it comes to knowing God more?
1: You you sent me this question ahead of time so I could ponder it a little bit. So, so that was a good thing. And I think that one of my joys is the joy of aha, like that discovery moment when I'm in the word and all of a sudden. It clicks, and I see the connection between this and this and this and this. We had a couple of those moments as we were just talking. Now, kind of like the oh, ah, aha. I think that that is
0: also just indicative of the teaching gift that God has given you, because yeah. you love to impart that to your student, and I Absolutely. experienced that. So, thank you so much. That was so fun for me.
1: Yeah. So that's the aha moment, and then I think the intimate moment, the time, to- the the moment when it's. God, you see me like this is just a real personal moment. It's almost inexplicable until you've sensed it. But it, it's where God just, you sense his presence so closely and so intimately and so personally. And it may even just be as simple as an autumn leaf falling at your feet. And it's just like, wow, this was just a gift for me. It's almost that communion with God's Holy Spirit on an ongoing basis through your day. I love that. I love that. Mm. And then my third joy is what I like to call the wow moment. The wow factor when I am just undone, (laughs) absolutely undone Mm. by God's power and his glory and his majesty, and just the fact that he knows me and loves me and that I can be in an internal relationship with him. It's just a wow. It comes at the oddest times. (laughs) You know, sometimes even I pick up my granddaughter and it's just overwhelmed by who God is and just how amazing our God is and how privileged we are that he would put his gospel plan into place so that we can be reconciled to him and walk with him on a daily basis. Amen. It
0: is such a gift to be a part of his people. And that's one of my joys in getting to host this podcast is just getting to interact and engage with the people of God and also to see the way that he uses us to edify and encourage each other. Mm -hmm. And so we'd love to hear from you who it is that's had the greatest impact on the way that you know and love God more.
1: I think the person who's had the greatest impact is my dad, You know, he just always, even through this COVID crisis, every time I'm on the phone with my dad, and he's 96 years old now. Wow. He's 96. And he just goes, Mary, God is in control. (laughs) And, you know, he's just always, he's got this. You know, he's always pointing me and pulling me back to putting things in the right perspective. And, uh, you know, he has been the anchor, I think, in my life. I don't know what I'm going to do without him. But uh, that is that is just probably being the person whose impact to be the most.
0: Mm. Well, Mary, I had the opportunity to see you and your relationship with your daughter-in-law Amanda when we were together at the Revive Our Hearts retreat, and it's really neat to see how seriously you take the influence that you have on members of your own family. I was just talking to Jen Wilkin, and she was saying she loves A.W. Tozer, and just found out that um, actually the people who are closest to him, his character wasn't what you would expect, given the fact that he could so beautifully
1: articulate the character of God. I read his biography as well. It's just, Mm. I think he was pulled in so many directions. He just didn't attend to his personal relationships in the way that he probably should have.
0: Yeah. And I was really encouraged just to see that, you know, you have such a deep desire to know God and to study who he is. You have formal theological training and you teach and you speak. And yet, it seems to me as though the most important thing to you outside of knowing God is serving and loving your family. And so Absolutely. I was really encouraged by that. I just thank you so much for giving us the gift of getting to sit in your presence, even at a distance today. Thank you so much for joining us on the Journey Women podcast.
1: Thanks, Hunter.
0: Pray that this conversation with Mary encourages you to know and love God more, and that as you consider the names for God that we find in Scripture, you'll be led to worship and adore Him. You can find all the things that Mary and I discussed today in the show notes at journeywomenpodcast.com. There you can also find more episodes in this series, knowing and loving God. If you're enjoying this series, we would love it if you would take a few seconds to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. We read every single one of them and we are so grateful for your help getting the word out about Journeywoman. This episode was edited and sound designed by the team at Sound On Studios. You can find out more about their work at soundonsoundoff.com. We are so grateful for them and for you. It's a joy to get to journey alongside you guys. Can't wait to see you here next Monday. Have a great week.